There it is. We might be the last one before they put mouse ears on this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could have a magic castle in the background. <laughs> Not quite sure. I think we are the first R-rated Disney movie since 2013. Is that right? That is. That is right. Hi, I'm Cam Mike. I'm Mike, not Kamel. <laughs> you got confused uh. about which one you were? It's <laughs> <laughs> my standard shtick to start off commentaries. This is Michael Douse, the director of Stuber. And I'm um, Kamel Nanjiani, and welcome to the Stuber commentary. Tejo Slippery, he's small, but don't underestimate him. Just follow my lead, kiddo. Okay. There they are. Not in space. We thought about setting this in space, but then thought we might be a little derivative. Yeah, and you know, with the budget, it would just be harder. Much harder. Yeah. By the way, very, very fortunate to get Karen Gillan for a pretty pivotal, but, you know, not a lot of screen time. Yeah. And does her own stunts. And does them well. Does she really? Yeah. She, uh, well, you know, but she jumped in and was a very good fighter. Wow. Nicole still dating that guy? Yeah. Matisse. Smells like a candle. God, I hope they're not having sex. Oh, don't worry. Everybody's favorite joke right there. <laughs> That's the first joke of the movie. The idea for this opening action sequence was just to sort of set the tone in an action comedy and just to have some massive action sequence that just sort of sets a tone and just sort of says this is a film that doesn't pull any punches. <laughs> Eco! And part of that ingredient was Eco, who I was a massive fan of, and we were very, very lucky to get. And this whole fight was bull in a china shop against a very trained martial artist, and just see brute strength versus speed and what that fight would look like. Yeah, it's cool. It's two completely different styles of fighting going at each other. The first time I saw this, you know, I wasn't there for this shoot, for this scene, obviously. Those were like my favorite days <laughs> I was at home. But I was really shocked at how violent it really was. Like the first guy that gets killed, you do a real like close up of blood coming out of his head. <laughs> you really like, in some ways, this is the most violent sequence in the movie and it comes right up top, huh? Yeah, I would say so for sure. <laughs> Vet fight is probably the other candidate for most. I mean, look, that's a crazy headshot. That is a crazy headshot. So what was it, Mike? We've talked about this a little bit before. Why did you want this to be so violent? Just because I thought we should set a tone off the top and just sort of say we're not, this is not like an action comedy where the comedy is going to sort of overrule that two things can coexist in a film, comedy and this level of violence. And I also think some of this violence can go 360 to comedy, like the safe bit that we just did, which I think is hilarious. Right, right. It's just sort of big action moments that I think, if they're done right, can be funny as well. I don't see him. Where'd he go? I got him! And then this thing took two hours to shoot right here. What? Just the going down took two hours? That no, I'm kidding. It took, it took way too long. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Eco. That's Eco's stunt double, who's amazing, swinging from those things. 
that's a brutal drop. When you see this movie in the theater, the first like sort of reaction you hear is the headshot when Karen hits that guy, and then the second one is these two, both these get a big reaction. And just a uh, shout out to the cameraman who went over with him, uh, which was no small feat either. And here she is, that's her, that's Karen in that fight. Wow. Taking those shots. I feel like a lot of comedies to be funnier, like lower the stakes, and I really think it's the opposite. I think the higher the stakes, the funnier the movie is. I remember when we first met, talking about this movie months before we shot, you were like, it's gonna be, the violence, you saying that was gonna be actually really violent was, was one of the big things that you were talking about at that point. And it's not obviously something that I knew when I read the script. Yeah. It's all Vic's fault. It's all Vic's fault. Oof. There's a prosthetic wrist. We shot this in Atlanta, so this is outside of the stadium, which we just finagled to make it look like it's outside the Staples Center. But that road actually doesn't exist in LA, nor does that view. But yeah, we shot 35 days or 40 days in Atlanta, and then another five days in LA to sort of seam it all together. Most of the daylight driving stuff was shot in LA so we could avoid sort of green screen. Yeah, it's tough. Like, it's got to be challenging to do a movie that's so set in L.A. Like, it being in L.A. is such a big part of it, and you're really, like, driving around a lot of L.A. and have to have to shoot it, like, across the country. Help! It's 5 o'clock, Los Angeles. Quentin this is interesting. Originally, the way the script was... You sort of stay with Vic for much longer. The next few scenes you see of Vic all sort of happen right after that first action scene. But I think you guys in editing decided to sort of cut back and forth to make it seem like this collision was going to happen. Yeah, I wanted to get to the money, which is this guy. <laughs> Jimmy Tatro? <laughs> no, you. <laughs> get to the money quickly. It's just, yeah, it's just an idea of just starting the cross-cutting earlier to lead to... These two getting together because that's when the film starts together. There he is, Jimmy Tatro. He was so good. And, you know, I'd, I'd seen American Vandal the first season, and he's amazing in it. He's like a big YouTube star as well. I guess me saying surprising sounds bad, but he was very, very serious about being good in these scenes. Like, he'd obviously really worked on it. You know, sometimes you work with people, really, really funny people, and they show up, and they're not off book, or they're sort of, like, trying to figure it out. He came in with a very strong sense of what he wanted to do, and then was also very, very good at, you know, listening to your direction and adjusting and stuff. He was just, like, it's the perfect kind of person to do a scene with because they're, like, totally ready to go, but also willing to be flexible. Yeah, for sure. And he uh, also had a great ability to sort of translate all that bravado sort of was belying a great insecurity in the character. Not to overthink it too much, but that side of the character comes out much later in the film, but it's great. Okay, this is going to sound complicated, but what I need you to do is take Alta Loma down to North Croft Street. Five cheeseburgers. Five cheeseburgers. This sequence. This was fun to shoot. This is Kyle yeah. Zingler, and he was really, really, really funny. We actually shot that sequence for a long time. Now, that whole thing that we saw... That used to be the credit sequence. Yeah, that was a big opening credit sequence. It was much longer, and shot that for a long time. Yeah, we shot it for a while, and it was in the cut for a long time as, like, a long opening credit sequence. And, like, literally last minute trimmed it down to just those beats, those sort of 20, 30 seconds. 
except eyebrows. Oh. By the way, that was Betty Gilpin. She is in what I like to call the pre-Oscar phase of her career. Yes, 100%. I mean, she's just one of the best. Incredible. And you know, again, she's like such a great actor and, you know, I'd only seen her work, so I'd assumed that she was, I mean, just like a serious actor, but she's also very, very funny and loves to improvise and would come up with stuff that was so specific and smart and in character that it made me very angry. Yeah, and we just gave up giving her alts. We were like, after one take, or I think maybe two takes, I was like, ah, you're doing fine. I'll just go for it. Yo, Vic. It's Kramer's 50th. I brought you the world's tiniest piece of cake. That's gluten-free cake, and Dave eats on every take because he doesn't eat a lot of cake in his life, and he was happy to eat cake all day. Mira Sorvino, speaking of Oscars, she's an Oscar winner. Again, very, very fortunate to have her in this movie. The thing with Dave is, like, okay, so we were doing press for this movie. We were doing screenings for Stuber, like, a couple weeks ago. We were on tour, and I was sitting next to him on the plane. He would get a bag of cookies, like, gluten-free cookies or whatever, and just eat the entire bag, and it was nothing. <laughs> He's a big man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna see her tomorrow. She's driving me to a doctor's appointment. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just old, blind, getting LASIK surgery tomorrow. Okay, spend some time with your beautiful daughter. You'll come back a new man. Yeah. I'm sorry, truly am. Big lease. This is it, huh? Yep, I have signed my half. Once you sign yours, it is official. Here's Bobby Shore, the landlord, who's also a DOP. Oh, yeah. This flyer. And this is one of my favorite jokes. Yeah. <laughs> synchronized cycling, synchronized cycles, and nobody ever catches it. We even remember we even ADR'd the, you read it out, and then we just thought it was too on the nose. Yeah, it's for like, you know, the third time you watch the movie, you'll catch it. Exactly. Byron Jade, Byron Jade, that's right. Didn't you bring that in into one of the table reads? You just brought this thing about always saying his first and last name, which I think we just stuck with. Yeah, because if he's like a basketball player, then, you know... You say Kevin Durant, I wouldn't say Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, they, we say fuck, so I could say fuck. We were in this fucking sporting goods store for many, many long nights. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> Stu, oh, I'm going to cry. We're going to be small business owners. <laughs> Actually, I prefer business operator because it reminds me of the Sade song, and that is empowering to me, so. There she is. He's in love. With an ADR sniff. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't tell them where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> now, there's so many different versions of this little exchange because Betty and Jimmy are so good at trying different things. But this line that she says, the my tailbone tenses up or whatever, is so good. That was her. Not in the script. Yeah. She's making a joke. I don't like when girls make jokes. Hey, um, can I pick up some more shifts? I need some more cash coming in. Not in this economy. Cool. Sure. Also, not really an appropriate question to ask your boss. Yeah. You think Becca would fuck me? I don't. Here he is. Now he's getting his LASIK. Getting in there. Let's just talk about Dave, how great of a man Dave Batiste is. I mean, really, really, truly. I was like, I, maybe this isn't the right thing to say, but I had this thought where I was like, even if this movie 
gets terrible reviews <laughs> and makes no money at the box office, it'll have been worth it just to meet this guy. He's just truly the loveliest. Well, first of all, he's just a wonderful, amazing human being, like just one of the most sincere, loyal, kind people you'll ever meet. But he's also just so good in this movie. And there's so many gears to him as an actor that people don't know about that hopefully they'll see in this movie. But it was just such a joy to have, you know, most of my scenes are him and me. The fact that he was such a great person, but also such a great scene partner just made everything. Uh, it was a joy. I always, you know, listen to commentaries hoping that people are going to like talk trash or you're going to hear some dirt. It's not going to happen in this one, unfortunately. No. Just keep them fed. It's like a gremlin. He eats six meals a yeah. day. That's right. He's <laughs> like a gremlin. Not like a gremlin. <laughs> he's a giant gremlin. <laughs> yeah, he's a lovely man. Very smart. Having seen Blade Runner and stuff, you see the dramatic depth that he brings to this part. But he's so funny. He's so funny and is quick and is a great improviser in his own right. And obviously lends a ton of credence to the action as well. But... I hope for both of you guys this film launches you guys into even bigger, bigger stuff. If you aren't already there, what an absolute treat to work with. If you can hire Dave Bautista, hire Dave Bautista. I was like, when we first started shooting, and I just like immediately, well, we auditioned together months before the movie actually happened. It was like early on a Saturday because he'd just flown in, and it was me, him, his manager, Jonathan, and you, and like a cameraman. It was in like a sterile room somewhere. We did the audition together, and immediately I was like, oh, this guy's like just an awesome human being. And right when we first started shooting, I was like, my goal in this movie is just to try and make you laugh in every take. <laughs> I just like wanted to make him laugh. I think he, you know, I'm such a huge fan of this guy. I was like, I'm going to try and make you laugh in every single take. <laughs> and so that was like a fun little game. By the way, Natalie Morales plays his daughter, and she's absolutely amazing and also very, very quick, very good at improvising. Yeah, and we wrote up her part, I think, a lot in the third act. Yeah, we added her. We brought her, her in more. Yeah. yeah, added her coming in at the end with the gun because it was like he gives her this gun at the art show. She doesn't really do anything with it, so we were like, well, she should show up with that gun and, you know, save the day. Yeah, for sure. Where's Hazel making the drop? Leon? Leon! Fuck! I'm gonna need those drops. I done came this far. I'm about to get vicious, about to get sick. You don't have to score. You can suck my dick, that's a banana spit. Shit's getting out of hand. I can tell you to scram, but you make a good fan. How am I gonna be the one to take my freaking underpants? Oh, you need my help. Don't hold your breath. This was our first day of shooting. Right here. You'll notice there were kids that were supposed to ride faster than him on BMX bikes. And that is the car I learned how to drive in, the Caprice Classic. So you picked this car? Yeah, for sure. Is this actual footage of you learning to drive, Mike? Yeah, it is. Having men ogle you, just you and your gal pals, listening to Sia, getting your beach pods. Oh! Oh! I still love that joke. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I love this one when he gets in. He's like, you assholes got a permit for this hole? I think that's a great joke. You okay, man? You assholes got a permit for this hole? What? These people. 
we had a little scene with me and the older lady who hit her head that then we basically, there's a lot of stuff leading up to me and Dave being in the car together. And you guys like cut out a lot of it just to sort of get to this moment right here. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Be cool. Be nice. Smile. Smile. I love that bit. Uber. <laughs> stick your head in. <laughs> yeah, you were like, stick your head in. <laughs> There's so many alts of this scene, oh, too. Oh, so many alts. So many different versions. Now, the thing that we worked on while we were shooting, but that you also worked on with the script and with the rehearsal, and, and then obviously in editing, is figuring out how comfortable these two are being completely rude to each other because you meet a stranger even if you don't like them you're not immediately gonna be antagonistic towards them and someone like Vic who Dave plays is more likely to be rude to someone without really knowing them but you don't want it to happen immediately so the instinct is always like oh you get in a car together and these two are like sort of trading insults but that doesn't work you have to build up to that yeah for sure and this scene is part of it see the side just a couple more points and we got it. Another record-setting day in Los Angeles. Hottest and this is obviously us in L.A. shooting, getting some helicopter days. You guys got the entire film under your belt, and then we were able to shoot a lot of these dialogue sort of chemistry scenes once you guys knew each other very well, which is great. That's right. All the big, like, talking scenes with the two of us we shot, like, a couple weeks after. And then we, we cut half of them out. <laughs> <laughs> I got back from Atlanta and I saw a cut of the film, like a very early cut with none of these scenes. And I was like, ah, it's working great. Good film. And then we put all this stuff in and I was like, uh-oh, this has slowed it all down. So something I had to give. But obviously this scene we needed. Yeah, I mean, I think you sort of, when you're writing, you want to put in every single step. But then when you watch a movie, sometimes you realize that those steps are not necessary. But it's very hard to predict which scenes you'll need and which scenes you won't need. It's very rare that you're shooting a scene and you're like, oh, this scene's not going to be in the movie. But it, it happens a lot, in my experience at least, where you're like, oh, this scene is absolutely essential. And then later you're like, no, I don't need this scene at all. Not at all. I'm more deep to you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's funny. No, seriously, how much do you bet? Two hundo, three hundo. I want to get up to, you know, having a 45 on each side. And what I learned is that how you pick locations in Atlanta is you find locations with palm trees, and then they look like they're in L.A. So these are real palm trees. We did not fly these These are real palm LA. trees, and occasionally we did fly in palm trees to make it look like L.A. Interest you in some Canadian chocolate, coffee crisp? Nope. Really so. Shout out to Tripper Clancy, our great writer on this project. I just thought about him on the D down to shut the fuck up line, which was one of my favorite ones. He did a great job with this script and was awesome to work with. Tripper was great. He actually had a little scene in the opening sequence oh, yeah, that then got right. cut out. After. Well, they cut him out. I mean, you and Tripper really know these movies so well, this sort of two-match-match guys action comedy. You guys really have such an encyclopedic understanding of these movies. You're staring at me? Can we rewind real quick? Official police business? Just going to see a friend. Never Ubered a cop before. Ever been shot? 
ever taken a bullet for someone? Do you think you guys look hot enough? Okay, so this was a big thing, was you kept... We, you, well, again, when we first met, you were like, one of your selling points was, the movie's going to be really hot. And I was like, I don't know, maybe you should work on your pitch, Mike. But for you, it's I almost like... tactile, sweaty. Yeah, you said tactile. I remember looking up that word later. <laughs> <laughs> but you kept being like, this is really hot. It's part of it. It's really hot. And I didn't really understand it truly until I watched the movie. And I remember between every take, you'd be like, spritz them up. And then the makeup <laughs> people would have to come spray water on our face. It's just not a good look for human skin <laughs> in general. We just look like sweaty. Like I look like a full sea monster in some of these scenes. It's oppressive, though. It's the heat. It's the heat wave. Now I agree with you. We had a couple disagreements. Not bad, but just like a couple things I was like, Mike, you're wrong. And it turns out you were right. <laughs> and the water spritzing hot heat is definitely one of them. Because it's hard because you do a scene and you're like, got to do it again. Your face was too dry. And you're like, but that was a great... T we can't use it? And you'll be like, no, can't use it. So it can be a little... Frustrating, obviously, but right call. Yeah! Damn it! Leon! Smooth operator speaking. He came over, he goes to the bathroom. Here she is. When she was shooting this side of the scene, I was like in the room with her, just reading lines off camera. And I believe it was the first thing, was it the first thing that we shot together? She was just so good and every take was different and she did so many different improvs. It was really, really impressive. She's just like completely in the moment every single time. That is the most depressing verb I've ever heard. I want to scream into a cup for six years. I'm gonna start drinking, then yogurt land. Then vengeance. Tequila. Yes. God. And this is one of the jokes we were able to maintain coming up, shooting sort of out of sequence. The hanging up joke. Yeah. I think you guys did it on your side, which we shot first. I really need you. I'm just gonna drop off douche Lundgren and I'll be right over, okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. You There's a lot of alts to douche Lundgren too. She's gone. She's she's gone. Leon, where's the drop? If you're using it again. Leon! Shout out to Bobby Shore, our cinematographer, DOP, who did a great job also taking the uh, direction of making it look hot and run with it. Sometimes these action comedies look very flat and very sort of almost like TV, and we want to shoot it anamorphic, make it feel like a real action film, and make it just feel sort of hot and oppressive and nice and have a sheen to it as well. This is my third film with Bobby, and he killed it. He did great. It really, really looks really good. It's, again, what you kept saying you were like, this is an action movie that has comedy in it, so it's really structured like an action movie. The action scenes are like from a... Badass action movie. Oh, no, yeah, this. <laughs> oh, God. Dave didn't want to. <laughs> Still Dave, not sure if we got away with this scene. Dave did not want to do it, and you really talked him into it. But it works because it's. It does work. Because it's not like the movie saying what he's doing is right. He's wrong. That girl. 
very problematic. Cicero, Compton. What other races can you do impressions of? Can you do me? Now, so we did have an alt that was very, very funny of Dave then doing an impression of me. And it wasn't about my accent or anything. It was my general, like, he was basically, like, making fun of me for being timid. And it was very, very funny. We'll get a big laugh. But I think, ultimately, you guys decided correctly that it was hurting the movie overall because it was too early for him to do that. And it was a little goofy for Vic's character at that point to be doing something like that. Yeah, we tried to parcel back how quickly you guys start to bond. And more specifically with Dave, how quickly he lets people into his life. And wanted to keep that sort of coldness a little longer and that tension up. Nah, I'm all sizzled out for the day. Thanks for the invite, though. Let's go. I'm not going in there. The sizzle room's health grade is a B, which I'm pretty sure stands for hepatitis B. Look, I know you think you have more important things to do I right do. now. I drenched in water at all points in time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my little shout-out to my hometown. You'll notice that Kamala's wearing his St. Vienter Bagels T-shirt throughout this, which hopefully they give me free bagels for life, which could be a curse, but I doubt it. If you've never had it, please, next time you're in Montreal, please go there. This is the bar. Hey, looking for Amber, Titties. Pronounce Titier. It's French. But in the back. Come on, oh, No, I'll respect the dancer's privacy. What's wrong? you never seen a naked woman before? This is my favorite shot of the movie, right here. This is my favorite shot. This sequence. Boom, with the buffet in the background. Strip club buffets are just always a terrible idea. Some students live off them. Students? <laughs> yeah, Montreal. A lot of students would just go down and eat the buffet every day. A lot of security back here. I'm gonna check it out. Stay put. So yes, I'll have them see the house tomorrow. So this was, I think, end of the first week. This was a fantastic sequence. Steve Howie. I love this set that they built. And both these two, Amber and Steve, just destroy in this scene. Yeah, really, really so, so funny. This sequence was very fun. We tried a bunch of different things, but I do the scene with Steve right after the Steve Howie, and he was so quick. He just was so funny. And he also got the tone, like, this scene sort of drives Stu's thing to get to Becca. So you got to take it seriously, and he just sort of got it immediately but still kept it funny. Yeah, he plays like this really sweet, sincere guy in the exchange we have. It's a very sweet exchange. Yeah, and sage advice. And he really let himself go for this scene. Didn't really train or anything. Yeah, he was like, I'm just going to let it all hang out and not do push-ups between every take. We're not hiring, honey. LAPD, you talk to you for a second. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's my fault. You don't have man boobs. Her bark is way more vicious than her bite. That's not true. She bit me. It really hurt. Hey, can you give me a hand or something? Your self-esteem? She was up by 12 points. We still get ooze from that joke about Hillary. I think every audience has a different reaction to that joke. I don't think I've seen the same reaction to the Hillary Clinton tattoo. Oh, man. Three red roses. Girl is thirsty. Him like putting on all the accoutrement <laughs> as he's doing it. I was like, that seems too goofy, but he's just so matter of fact when he's doing it and his performance is so grounded that it's really, really funny. It's really funny. It's just one other level to what's going on. I wanted to have much more of like an English judge's wig, but that sort of got lost in the ether. Like a longer version. 
Sort of like a broad church. I'm over at her house. We're getting drunk. We're watching when Harry met Sally. And then one thing led to another, and then her Harry met my Sally, and it was great. But then Whenever she... you, like, start doing a movie, there's always, like, a little moment where you're like, okay, now I now I understand this movie, I'm locked in. And that doesn't mean that there won't be tough days, but usually the first few days, you at least I'm kind of, like, feeling around, like, before I feel, like, completely comfortable and locked in. And, and I think this was the scene where I was really started feeling like, okay, I think I get this movie. Then the nerves just kind of go away. You got to shoot. Tayshaw. Leon ever mentioned that name to you? You'll notice Amber is also a realtor. Realtor of the Year award. <laughs> Just wanted this idea that she was an entrepreneur. She had a lot of stuff going on. A lot of useless ideas in this movie. <laughs> Not useless. It's all no, background. I think it's great. It's great. It's all part of the texture. It's all part of it. Roughly 14 paragraphs on Byron's Facebook page about what a worthless sleazebag he is. Ah, uh, yes, the revenge phase. Three glasses of Asabibi will do that. What's funny is, so this joke that's coming up, so I'm facing away, and I actually was facing away, so I did not see this gentleman walking by and the size of his, well, his, I didn't see his talents, you know? And so as soon as we yelled cut, I was like, okay. And everyone was like, it was like dead silent on set afterwards. <laughs> like people had seen the face of God or something. People felt awful or amazing, didn't feel anything in between. If you listen closely, they've actually foleyed the dick. A couple of good slaps as it walks by. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It's accented, the penis. She says a penis the size of Simon Birch, which is... Uh... <laughs> was that her or was that in the script? That's her. Of course that's I mean, her. what a what a great line. I'll just come right over, and uh, we'll do it. Beep. Don't take backs. <gasps> Did you hear that? Becca wants to fuck. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? You're gonna fuck. But then what? We just like don't talk about it. How he was so good. Yeah, he's like really handsome, in amazing shape, a great actor, and also really funny. It's what a dick. What a dick. Lock it down. I'm gonna lock it down. I'm gonna tell her how I feel. Amo. Amo Cortez. Amo Cortez. Leon did a minute in Lancaster. Amo was a cellmate. I overheard them talking last week. He was trying to get Leon in on something. Said it was going to be big. You know where I could find Amo? Runs with the Alamitos 13. That's all I know. Steve, let's go. Now, this little thing here, that just happened randomly. And then you I like, think the ADs had something to do with that in terms of moving the background, but yeah, it just sort of uh, emerged. Is this Atlanta or is this LA? You can't tell because of all the palm trees. I can tell from the genus of the palm trees that those are uh, Georgia palm trees <laughs> and not California palm trees. This was pretty early on too, huh? Yeah. Man, that'll look great. I'm not white. You're not white. What are you? Puerto Rican? Mexican? Libyan? Chilean. Chi You're not Chinese. I'm the racist one? You look like if all the ugly people in every race fucked. <laughs> Come on, let's go. I apologize to Dave after that. <laughs> I don't believe it. He's a very handsome man. Very handsome man. Every woman who meets him has that reaction. This whole commentary is just going to be us talking about how great Dave is at everything. That's okay. Yeah. I'm bummed that he wasn't here for this. Yeah, yeah. Me too.
So this Becca chick says jump, and you say how high? If you knew where you'd jump, dude, you'd pull vault. That's bullshit. Don't jump for anybody. So remember this day? This is our last day of shooting, and they closed down one lane of the bridge. So if you look closely, we're going the wrong way over the bridge compared to how we came into it. This port is beautiful. I was so happy to get on this bridge and use this. It's used a little bit in films. It's like to live and die in L.A. and in Heat, it's featured. But I think it's the biggest port in the States. It's insane, the scale of it and the size of it. It's the first time I've noticed that there's a port there. <laughs> So you're a director, and I'm saying so the, the, the texture right again. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Well, this was a very frustrating day because, as you said, we were stuck in traffic for most of it, and we'd get on, and we'd wait like an hour between takes, and we'd only be able to do the Ugh. take, like half the take. And it's a very, very important scene because Dave is telling this huge, long story, and then this story is referenced a bunch of times over the course of the movie. It was very hard to get a rhythm because we were stuck in traffic and then wouldn't really get to do the take very much, but it seemed to turn out well. Gracious enough to let me use an outlet to charge my car. Probably not. Uh, I'm gonna hold on to these. I tell you to stay in the car, but I figure you're too afraid to get out. I'm not too afraid to get out. I just don't want to. I'm choosing to stay in the car. Who's Rene? Who you just ran into on the street? I just saw him yesterday. I was just walking with my wife to get lunch, and I haven't seen him since we shot this. I was just in his car, and I was like, dude, he pulled over, and we talked for a while. He hasn't seen the movie. I told him he's, he's, he's awesome. great in it. It's such a gift to have like this. Now we're with this guy for 10, 15 minutes of the movie, sort of right in the middle of the movie, and he's just so great, and I think he's almost too likable so that when he goes... I remember this was a conversation we had when he gets shot later. It was in close-up that you see him die. And then I think, I remember talking to you and being like, and I thought other people agreed. We were like, it's too sad to see him die because we really like this guy now. Can we like do it further away? A little less graphic. Get down. It's too vague. So we can achieve penetration. Oh, that's not it. Don't you need a warning or some <laughs> shit? You think I'm playing games? Well, I guess you won't miss your big fancy TV then. Dude, that's a fish tank. <gasps> that's a microwave, Holmes. This is a funny line. What the hell? You guys just sit around and watch fish all day? <laughs> Watching fish all day. It's a Dave Bautista original. Is it? Oh, yeah. So we can fuck. I love that movie, and I love romantic comedies, and we thought it would be fun to have, like in the middle of this really violent action comedy references to When Harry Met Sally over and over. Yeah, and we had many different iterations of what Stu and Becca's thing was. There was versions in the script where he had an engagement ring, but we felt that that was too cliche or had to go buy an engagement ring. And we just thought the simplest thing was a friend zone sort of booty call thing to get that motor driving we really wanted it to be that it's his fault so in some versions she was a girlfriend or a fiance and we were like wait it really should be his fault so this friend zone thing it really is Stu's fault he's hidden his feelings from her and then later when they have that weird little breakup moment that's kind of what she says she says it's unfair you never say this and you're like then it's my fault that things never click or whatever he admits that it's his Fault. So we sort of decided that we wanted that relationship to really be on Stu because the movie's about 
Stu and Vic's growth, and yeah. we wanted her character to actually be cool and great and good. Five years for possession, unless you want to talk. Uh, Vic? No? Watch him, I'll be back. This is bullshit, man! No, 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 Vic, 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 Vic. No, 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 Hey, 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 you cannot just leave him in my car. This is a hard no for me. This is an Uber pool, right? No, it's not an Uber pool. Don't act like you know what Uber pool is, okay? You learned that earlier today. Here, take this. Oh, no, I am not touching that. You can help me crack a case. I've been working on for years. So this is Atlanta, but this was our probably our biggest build to make it feel like L.A. So we painted that, all that store, all these fences were brought in, the grass was burnt out, the palm trees, of course, and it looks great. It does look great. Naaman did a great job, our production designer, and his team. This was the location I was most worried about nailing in Atlanta. That's right, the almost 13 house. Yeah. But what was nice is that we were able to go outside and inside in it. It doesn't feel like a set. It feels real. So you can do shots where you walk from the exterior to the interior. What? We good? You okay, buddy? You okay? And there's Pico. What was the dog's real name? I can't remember now. Crusher, or it was something like. Oh yeah. I bet Dave would know. <laughs> Wish he was here. I'm gonna text him and find Face out. Facetime him. Dave really, really loved that dog. He loves pitbulls. He was just like completely connected to that dog and then the dog had to go home and then came back a couple weeks later and the dog and Dave were really excited to see each other again. Yeah, we flew the dog to LA. My partner may look scary, but I'm the wolf in sheep's clothing. What? Back at the precinct, they call me Wolf. Oh! <laughs> Stop that! Why are you laughing? Stop that! Shout out to Joseph Trapanese, our um, composer, who gave us a really good sort of throwback 80s action score, but with sort of a modern feel to it. Those popsicles are also uh, imported from L.A. Very authentic. Yeah. Stroker. Stroker, the dog's Stroker. Stroker. There we go. Thank you, Dave. He's a great dog. Hey, Amo. Talk to me. Taser oh, deal. Hey, Taser deal. What do you know? It's going down. When? Tonight. Where? This was really fun to shoot because all that stuff with me and him in the car with the wolf in sheep's clothing, all that stuff, we tried so many different things there. There's some great stuff on the extras that you'll see. Some really funny alts that we didn't put in that were just a little long but are so funny. Cortez, I want you to know I'm really sorry. I can't hear you. He's in shock. <laughs> are you? Oh, now, this was also we shot in L.A., this part, right? Am I right? This part is in LA. Yeah, at the very end of the crazy day when the bridge is closed. Or this was the last thing you guys shot together. Yeah, that's right. And this is like a big, actually thematic thing for Vic's character, which is that he doesn't think it's manly to cry. And we wanted to sort of say, you know, hey, men can cry, not a bad thing. And so when he has that moment at the end, that's obviously the culmination of that part of his character arc. Yeah, and it was something that you sort of fleshed out a lot when you came on board which was great. It was sort of in the script, it was baked in, but it wasn't, and you just sort of 
brought attention to it and brought it out a lot once you jumped on, which was great. I always felt like this movie was about two guys, one needs to cry and one needs to get angry. So Vic is a guy who can only feel anger or express anger, whereas Stu can express every other emotion, happiness, sadness, fear, but not anger. And so that's what they sort of had to learn from each other. Because obviously we're in a time where people are talking about masculinity a lot and redefining it and we... I just thought it'd be so f interesting to take a very male genre of movie, which is an action comedy like this, and talk about these issues of masculinity, what makes a man, you know? And they both sort of have stuff to learn from each other. Just find him a good home. He'll wake up soon. Just tell him to stay off that leg for a while. All right, I'm coming. Hold on to your poop bags. Hey, Pete, come on. Come on. Let's go, Pete. Here we go. I'll be back. Now, we were in this vet's office for a very, very long time. <laughs> very long time. I think what was originally allotted was two or three days or whatever, and we were just having to continue going because there's just so much to get, that all the squibs and stuff. And so... It would be like we'd do a whole day of work and they'd be like, all right, we got to go back into this thing. So it really was honestly kind of a pain in the ass to keep coming back to this for three extra days or whatever. Yeah, and then there was also second unit days where we just got the guys shooting guns in slow-mo. It was a big sequence, but I think it was all worth it. Yeah, the sequence is great because it's right in the middle of the movie. You see them work together for the first time as a team, so it's like a very, very important scene. And you had worked on this scene a whole bunch and sort of found what that whole action scene was. And I remember when I first read it, I was like, I don't really see it, but if you do, you know, let's do it. And you were like, yeah, I got it. And then you were exactly right. There's this thing in movies, when you shoot animals, everybody reacts badly. But when you shoot a human being, nobody cares. So we kind of wanted to play with that with this shootout in a veterinarian's hospital where you're seeing guys take massive, you know, head hits to their head and then you sort of rack focus to keep bunnies behind them <laughs> and everybody's and everybody's okay with it. Um, or parrots, you know what I mean? But, like, you'll see, like, in, like, epic World War One movies where, you know, guys are getting shot left and right and then a horse gets shot and you lose the entire audience. So we just kind of wanted to fuck with that feeling. And no animals were hurt. No animals were hurt. Actual animals weren't even really there while we were shooting the bulk of the scene. They got the animal stuff later after, you know, with B unit once we were gone. Man in the backseat of the electric vehicle, at least, yeah, it was a lot. And please don't take this the wrong way, but go fuck yourself. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That Ryan Gosling joke we do there, which is that he's, I'm saying, you know, you love Ryan Gosling, and we figured like a guy like that would be, his masculinity would be threatened by something like that, even though I'm a huge Gosling fan. But then later, I haven't even told you this, much, much later, I was like, it would have been funnier if Amo is like, what? I love Ryan Gosling. Why would I be ashamed of that? And so then I have to use a different, different strategy. That's why I go to the, his boss, Doc Ramirez. You never know how that's going to go. Another partner to die on your watch. Oh, shit's not my partner. No, 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 don't listen to him. This is Josh Michael. He's the resident bad guy in a lot of movies shot in Atlanta, but a great actor. 
recently seen in the dirt. <laughs> He's in Game Night as well. Shout out to uh, Goldstein and Daly, our illustrious producers on this film, who were awesome. Great writers as well who helped us out on a couple scenes here and there, and uh, we're just fantastic to work with. Now, Josh really brings such a specificity to this guy who's basically a henchman. There were obviously jokes about his ponytail, and he says, like, all the other uh, senseis from the dojo or whatever. And then while we were shooting, someone was like, but he can't see. How does he see his ponytail? <laughs> and we were like, it's fine. Not one person has brought that up. We actually lost a joke. He doesn't say it. He just says... Oh, he says Cobra Kai. He just says Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah. Which is sort of a reference to a ponytail. Someone has a gun to my head. How do you feel? Some distance swaps off the table. I'll trade you for a sculpture. I hear your daughter's hot shit. God damn it. So that shot, getting shot there yeah, was... Yeah, we used to close have a close-up. Yeah, and it just bumped people out. This is great. great Scott Lawrence. This is one of those songs that just got in early and never left. How many squibs were in this, do you remember? It was some number they had. All I remember is this feeling, Josh is shooting Desert Eagles or something. I can't remember. The, they're like the largest handguns in the world. And just the power of those guns, like you can feel it when they're shot. This dog is deaf, by the way. That's why she's in the clinic. She's having a great day. And so those shells, even though it's blanks, those shells are really hot. So I remember as I was crawling across and they were shooting, trying to avoid those shells. Yeah, you guys got a couple down your back, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really hot. Now, we shot this like we would shoot the first quarter of the fight scene over and over, and then we'd oh, go yeah. shoot the second quarter. So we, we split it up into four so that they wouldn't have to reset all the way from destroyed to completely okay to destroyed to completely okay. So we split it up into four. <laughs> I need you to kill those lights now. Come on. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna make it out of this, okay? This dog food becomes uh, ultimately the biggest point of contention between me and Mike. Maybe the only thing that we actually had an argument about, uh, which is, so here, this dog food ends up in our hair, and I have, as a human being, a real problem with anything on my clothes or on my hair. Like, it really, really... Here's the first bunny shot. That's what I was talking about. Anyways, keep going. It really bugs me. And so there's a many, many scenes in the movie where we have this stuff in our hair. And it was just really, really stinky. And I remember having this really big argument with you where I was like, it shouldn't be in my hair right now. And then you were like, no, there should be a little bit. And I was like, no, I would have cleaned it by now. This is when we're getting guns in the locker from Nicole, his daughter's apartment storage complex. You made me put the stuff in my hair, and when I watched the movie, it really hurt me to admit that you were right. <laughs> I don't think it helped that the stuff was rancid. I'm not sure what hair was doing on that stuff, but I don't know why they were using pure dog food that smelled like rancid dog food that had been left in the in a cooler for two days. So I don't think that helped the situation. I'm not sure why they couldn't use fake stuff. Oh, 
Now about vomiting. That's very good vomiting. What can I say? I've seen so much vomiting and I consider myself a good on-camera vomiter. And the trick is people always vomit from their throat, but you got to vomit from your stomach. So it's got to like, obviously you're keeping the stuff ah. in your mouth, but when you do the action, it's got to be coming from your stomach. I notice that all the time. People just kind of like spit it out, but really it's got to be like a convulsion. Sorry, I haven't used T9 in so long. So in this case, you got killed your partner? I love this scene. That's the first time he, he sort of lets you in. Yeah, and you see how passionate he is about what he does, and he has a very, very defined sense of right and wrong. This is the first time that Stu really sees beyond his rough exterior. Remember he had this great line here that we had to cut. I'm anti-heroin pipeline. That's <laughs> 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 great, but we just felt the moment was better. It was sort of working against that moment. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes you just have to cut great jokes because they're like weakening the movie in ways that, especially with a movie like this, the biggest trick is the jokes can't ever undercut the reality or the stakes of the situation. So it has to be funny the whole time, but it also has to be like below that line where, you know, you can't be like, why would these people be making these jokes in this situation? So it's really all got to be below the line. Yeah, we'll see about that. Listen, um, I can't stay long, but before I go, I'm going to take that small scorpion sculpture off your hands. It is stunning. Thank you. Come here. I have so loved watching you grow up. Your father would be so proud. Thank you. All right. Good night. There's a scorpion sculpture behind her, and she was supposed to buy this scorpion sculpture. And then there was a whole twist of, like, writing a check, and it was for too much, and we just diluted it down. Again, it's all that stuff that, you know, you don't know what you're going to need or not need when you're later working the movie, but if you don't have that stuff, it can really, really fuck you over. A goddamn spin gym for women with an friend who I happen to be. I think this is the start of the dog food conversation is probably this scene. I think this is the first scene with dog food. Well, this wasn't the start of the conversation. This is the first scene with the dog food. I remember being very grossed out and sort of it kind of helped because I'm supposed to be very upset in this scene and I didn't really have to do very much acting. But the argument happened later. I'll tell you exactly which piece of dog food in my hair caused that <laughs> argument. And that was when, like, Emily was visiting and she was on set and she saw me, like, vehemently disagreeing with you about something. And she was like, dude, this fucking guy. It's all about the dog food. What do I need to do to make the salt land? We gotta get to Venice now. Come on, my daughter could be in trouble. Let's go. This scene was really, really fun to shoot, even though, as you could see, it's getting darker, so we didn't have much time to get that scene. And it's really kind of a big moment. It's the first time you see Stu explode, get angry, and we, we really had to sort of rush it. But I had a great time shooting that scene, other than all the whatever the dog food on my hair was. So here I pitched, like... Oh, I'm cleaning up, so I should be completely off. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely clean as I'm holding the world's tiniest Kleenex. <laughs> there, I'm completely clean. And all it's good. all clean. We're all good. <laughs> but uh, you can He's see still selling it. There's still oh, selling yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's okay, Mike. I'll just clean it for five seconds at the top of the scene, and then it'll look like I've showered for the rest of the movie. Whoa. What is that smell? A long story. Blood, dog food, vomit, 
<laughs> and here she is, Natalie. Awesome. Now, this scene between me and her, there were more parts to it, too. But again, I think in the edit you guys saw, she's so good that you don't really need to see a lot of that. You, you just need to see that these two have some sort of some sort of connection. There's a lot more of that. Yeah, we shot a ton of stuff here. And uh, maybe listen to your ADs, directors out there, when they say you don't need an eight-page scene in the middle of a... Movie at an uh, art gallery. You're <laughs> well, doing a big action comedy. You've got to have a 10-minute art gallery sequence right in the center of it. Our AD Gary was really amazing and has done a lot of great movies and TV shows and had a lot of stories. Let me show you this. Wow, drop a deuce. Vic. Nah, it's okay. I'm used to that. So, how do you know my dad? He kidnapped me. <laughs> we killed some people. Huh. I'm on the fence. Really? I think she's brilliant. Her pieces are so emotional. This little thing is really funny, and there was some more of it, too, but I love when he runs into the sculpture right here. And this is all Batista. I love this one. Love this one. <laughs> Put a soul sign on that, please, to just somebody <laughs> random just standing there. <laughs> Spinster. That is a terrible name. So we actually, you see us in real time traversing the entire art gallery. The entire art gallery? Talking about scorpions and exposition. That whole scorpion stuff is gone, which was basically about how he tested her by, like, putting a scorpion in a box and scaring her, like, locking her in a closet with it. It sounds awful even now when you talk about it. Well, we talked about it so much. It used to be a snake, and then we were like, that's unrealistic. Make it a fucking scorpion. <laughs> we were like, yeah, 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 that's right. It should be a scorpion. And then later she looks in her box and there's a scorpion thing and that gives her the clue. And yeah, the... she's got a scorpion sculpture. That's what. That's what Mira buys from her. <laughs> so clever. <laughs> but hey, listen, Ugh. if you really needed it, it would have sucked to not have it. You never know. Yep. But they're like, it's, it's supposed to flesh out their relationship, but they're so good together. And they really feel like, here's the thing that's like very hard to do is play parents and kids on screen because uh, it's such a specific relationship and you really feel they're father and daughter. So a lot of the uh, scorpion exposition isn't needed. Is that why you came? No. God, no. I want to see your work. Make sure you're safe. But I also didn't have time to run back to Eagle Rock. So <laughs> it's three for one. For a second there, I, I actually thought you gave a shit about my work. Hey, this is serious. I'm close to Tejo. Yeah, you're always close to something except for the people who actually need you. I'm so done. Hey, Nicole, wait. And this is another example of Dave's great depth as an actor. He's got great range, can handle both sides of it. You know I can't see. <laughs> what did you say to her, man? You ruined her night. Oh, I gave her my Glock. See, that's your problem. You give people Glocks instead of... It was so wonderful working with him. He just has so many gears and... He's just good at so many different things, and this was pretty late in, so him and I were pretty sort of locked into each other. And this is the first take we ended up using. Remember, you were, remember we the first time somehow got fucked up or something? Is that the first oh, take? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Where's your dog food? Where's your one little piece You'll of You'll see food? the contentious dog food piece. It's there. 
I hung All right, so if you look closely, she has a Kenny Rogers tattoo on her thigh, and there was a whole thing. <laughs> there was a whole thing in this thing where they talked about his ex-wife's love of Kenny Rogers. Yeah, that was a big thing. In fact, you guys did a version of the ending where instead of the wreath, it's a Kenny Rogers wreath. It's a whole runner. I have the wreath up at my house for Christmas. I kept it. You took? You're not helping. Did you just yell cruise ship at them until they took you? Fuck. So right before this scene is where... Certainly the biggest argument about dog food I've ever been in in my life. Is it the biggest one you've ever been in? <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> but you see a little piece and it works. But I thought that that seems so funny because there's a lot of, we tried a lot of different stuff. And there's an alt that I thought was really funny where Dave's where I was like, where I work. And he's like, your car? But you, you guys went with the Uber guns, Uber bullets alt. Self-control. <laughs> yeah, I was probably my boss. He's... The second worst guy I've ever met. Who's the first? I'll give you a hint. It's you. That picture, there was a lot of like alts and improvs we tried, looking at the picture, talking to him, talking about the smile and stuff. And uh, Jared Logan, who you see in the beginning of the movie, was on set all the time and would always be feeding us alts and stuff. And I love working like that. I love just trying different things. Every take. Absolutely. Get the script once, twice, and then go off. If you don't want to have sex, I understand. I'm disgusting. No, 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 no. no. You didn't need to freak me out. Huh? Now, this is my favorite scene in the movie, and I assume it's... If you like this movie, this has to be one of your favorite scenes. This whole sequence is just so good. And what's what's really fun about it is that it's got a lot of like slapsticky physical comedy, but it's also violent, and it also thematically gets to a lot of the themes of the movie which and I thought it was so interesting that there's a physical fight happening which is how he wants to do it but while they're fighting they're also debating which is the way that Stu would fight so they're both sort of presenting their arguments in their own preferred way yeah and there's a whole run remember the runner with all the mannequins we had off the top <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's in the old scenes or the cut scenes is there was a whole introduction to Becca and Stu where he introduces his friends, the mannequins, around the store. You're all working in this shithole your whole life, were you? Oh, what? If you look closely, the mannequin that he punches out in the sequence is dressed identical to Stu for that reason. There's a reason for it, and now it just seems like it's completely random. It's good. It's funny. It's just time. It's a race to get you guys together. Nothing isn't established that isn't established in the scene where you guys are signing the lease. more time obsessing over your dead partner than paying attention to your alive daughter who newsflash wants to be a part of your life. You know what that makes you? A, a good shitty cop. father! You know what? You've been annoying me all goddamn I've been day. annoying you? What? I don't need a therapy session from Now, Moon this was a scene that obviously is very important and that both of them are saying, like, here's what I hate about you, here's what I hate about you, and we haven't really had this type of scene with both of them going at each other. And I was a little bit nervous to shoot it. You know, it's like middle of the night, it's 3 a.m., whatever. But this scene, like, really, I felt like it shot really easily. It was just really fun to shoot, and it felt to me, like, from the first take that, we sort of had the rhythm, and it came pretty far into the shoot, so we really knew each other by this point. You could feel it on set. You could tell the scene was working. There wasn't much adjustment done or alting or anything in this. Yeah, this is a very important scene. Zero stars. Oh, what? What, are you getting mad? Come on. Yeah, what are you going to do about it, huh? What are you going to do about it, Steve? My name is Steve! Oh, shit. Oh. 
what was hard was they were like because it's a rubber golf club you were like just hit him as hard as you can on the head <laughs> and it's very hard to do that to somebody especially to dave especially to dave there's a mannequin that's dressed like him so there is a story reason for it you just don't see it all right here we go yes! Now, here, the hard thing about this scene for me was I'm throwing these fake rubber bats at him. Not all the bats in that thing are rubber. They didn't have enough rubber bats. So <laughs> so I was terrified that I'd pull out a real bat and throw it at Dave. And, you know, you sort of are in the scene. But also, if you feel wood, you have to kind of, like, in the moment, just drop it. This whole idea for the fight was sort of that idea of, like, you know, a little bit of, like, fantasy. Like, if you've ever been in these stores, what would it be like just to fuck it up and start using all the shit to beat each other up? This line came out of one of our script sessions. You remember that part of NeverEnding Story where a trail is to walk through the Oracle Gates and those giant Sphinx statue things can see a warrior's true internal nature? And that super scary knight gets vaporized because deep down he doesn't believe in himself? Yeah. My favorite part is at the end when I'm like, that, do you remember NeverEnding Story? Blah, 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 it's this long thing and then Dave goes, yeah. <laughs> you would and everybody gets it, too. Yeah. Everybody gets it. Nobody's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. I actually went back and watched NeverEnding Story just before the shoot, so I <laughs> could remember that exact thing. And I'll tell you, that movie holds up. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, totally. It's really, really smart. It's kind of profound. It's really about grief. Oh, oh this is... Ooh. This was all very, very fun to shoot. It was very, very tiring, but I'd never done this kind of physical stuff in movies before. So, honestly, Mike, I'd prepped everything, had not put one ounce of thought into doing the physical stuff. I was like, well, I'll just <laughs> do it. Had done no prep, had not thought about it at all. And then I was like, oh, this is like a whole other kind of acting that I don't know how to do. So watching Dave work was really, really helpful for me. And working with the stunt people on how to like sell being hit and how to sell hitting somebody and all that stuff. There he is, back. Stuber? Is that you? <laughs> His reaction is so funny. Oh, Stuber. Oh, that's great, because you're driving Uber. That's a great pun. Oh. Who the hell are you? Why are you so huge? Jesus, what are you benching? 310, 350? Easy, kid. I bet Dave can bench more than 350. Way more. Stupid, what, what the hell did you and your gigolo friend do to my store? It's your dad's store. He's a cop. He's working an important case. Case? Is that what you call your butt? This is sort of the culmination of you standing up to Dave as you standing up to Jimmy now. Yeah, and it's now we're, like, totally connected. Like, when he says his name is Stu and looks at me and smiles, the audience, like... I've, I've seen this movie with an audience, like, seven or eight times, and... That's one of the most fun moments to watch. It gets a very nice reaction. There's a lot of alts we did here, too, about so many. And John Daly was on set for this as one of the producers. And he was like, ah, oh, guys, aren't these a little too goofy? And we were like, if they're goofy, we won't use them. <laughs> we're panning for gold here, John. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I love this whole, this was really, really fun to shoot. It's just really fun to shoot a scene 
and I haven't gotten to do it very much in my career, of you being intimidating to someone and them being intimidated by me. <laughs> I don't get to do that very much. It's always like, if I'm being intimidating, it's a joke, and the other person's like, fuck off. But here, he's like actually scared. It's a lot of power. It feels great. Dale and Goldstein, you know, they had a lot of input into this scene. A couple of these scenes in this film, but this one especially, especially this exchange has them written all over it. It's so good because it's it's a movie about men and this is another kind of man, you know, who's like all like bravado and exterior and then really he's just lonely and wants a friend and he's just very insecure about himself and his hair and it's just his performance, Jimmy's performance is so real. There's a nice coffee stain on his shirt. Oh yeah, that's a good detail too. The best part about this whole stupid job. It's like the worst part for me. Do you have any idea what it's like? To know the only reason you even have a job is because your dad owns this place? And you're balding? I, I honestly don't see any hair loss on you. <laughs> yeah, you should see my drain when I shower. Yeah, but that's shedding. That's normal. Everyone has that. Plus, your follicles hey, reach it. Still, we gotta go. Still, wait. And then he stops me again. <laughs> and the score is so good here. It feels like a John Williams score at this point. If you are, it's very subtle. And his reaction, he's so moved. He's so touched. Like, oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> he's like... It's so like that's what I mean about Jimmy. Jimmy had this, like, all this macho-ness that just belied great insecurity. He was great. It's a tough thing to do. And now it's nighttime. Ah, shit, I'm running out of power. I gotta recharge. No, we don't have time. Salvage is not far anyway. Well, looks like we're at the end of our road, huh? Not literally. This is the only thing we shot on LCD screen inside. I tried to do all the driving as natural as possible, but just with schedule dictated that we had to do one of these in the studio, and it's pretty flawless. If you look closely, the plate is on Sunset Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard. It's very Flintstone-y. Wait, what? We're on definitely on Sunset Boulevard a bunch of times? The plate is on Sunset Boulevard, but we're on the 105, I think. Oh, cool. If I'm dead. All right. I'll do it myself. Listen, for whatever reason, this scene was tough to shoot. Even though we're on stage, we're in a car together, it, it was just hard to get right. We were in that car a long, long time. Yeah, and I think you guys are three-quarters of the way through the movie. There's a lot of stuff going on. It was tough to get that sort of emotional elements through. Many times the comedy can sort of overblow that stuff, but this scene was important to get the heart right, and uh, it took a while. Yeah, and the moment that's really important is when it's on Dave, and I'm saying it's you can call for help, it's not a sign of weakness, and you really see on his face, you really see him hearing that. It's really, really lovely acting. It's just like very, very, you could see it landing on him even though he's doing nothing. What's she could salvage? The meat goes down in half an hour. Send in the cavalry. Call him SWAT. Okay, you got it, Vic. Okay. Thanks for not giving up on me. You bet. See, didn't that feel good? You asked for help and the sky didn't fall. I hate this joke, but it worked. <laughs> yes. You, uh, you, you, uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a it's perfect so stranger's joke. What? Nothing will go wrong. <laughs> caca, caca, rain. <laughs> and then we have a line about it. Can you tell me what you see? Three black Lexuses. Lexi, I said. Lexi. Yeah, they're waiting for Tejo. 
This scene that we're shooting, so this is a rainmaker. We're in actual water. It's falling on us. It is the hardest that it has ever rained in the history. Look how much rain that is. We <laughs> shot this in India, actually. <laughs> it's, this is the wettest I've ever been in my life. and It's a mild monsoon in L.A. Dude. Look at how much it's raining. And then I remember, you know, the studio was watching the movie. Jeremy Kramer, who's been, who was amazing. He's the executive on this movie. I remember the only real note he said after this movie. He's like, it's too much rain. He got it dialed back on the rain. I mean, I'd never done a lot of rain. And, you know, so I you was wanted like, to make up for I, it? I didn't, know, I didn't know there was like a dial. You know, I was <laughs> you like, wanted to. I didn't know. Yeah, you I did. Was Everyone like was like. It was like an on or an off. That's not I true. It was like dude. an on or an off switch. That's not true, people. People were like, hey, could you turn it down? Listen, you were like, it's no, been very more. hot in this movie. And now they've become friends and it starts to rain. So it should feel like this release. Let's not even talk about the sound issues that rain creates. I like a lot <laughs> right. on this film. You just were like, more rain, more rain, more rain. And uh, those the close scenes... up, especially of you, it's like you look like a drowned rat in that you just do not look happy. You're like, I'm standing in a shower. I remember it being like our big goodbye, this really emotional scene, and I couldn't keep my eyes open because <laughs> bathtubs of water were like falling on my head every second. And then you did dial the rain back, but I remember everyone else being like, even the AD, like, should we turn down the rain? You're like, no, more rain. <laughs> I thought it was on or off. <laughs> well, you did certainly. <laughs> I've learned my lesson on. on the rain. <laughs> but you know what? Rain looks great on camera. It sure does. We wanted rain for the entire chase, but then uh, that got smartly got rid of. So I think it stops raining when you guys get T-boned. Yeah, it's good. It's like you said, it's been really, really hot, and then sort of that breaks. I just can't do this anymore. I can't have casual sex with you and pretend like I don't feel anything. I can't open a business with you and hope that that will make you fall in love with me. Okay, oh, all right. Uh, I guess I'll find the other half somehow. No, no. So this is a great scene that you guys pulled off and a very tricky scene to do. And again, something that you helped flesh out when you came on board was what you were talking about earlier, which is this idea that it's his fault. And it's a bit of a surprise. Most people think he's gonna tell her how he feels and she's either gonna dump him or they're gonna come together. But I think it's a really subtle and nice twist that he decides not to be a part of it. It's authentic and it's also, you know, a sign of empowerment for the character that he's sort of learning something through the night without it being too hokey. He understands that he's been unfair to her. Shooting this little moment here, or this line. That's a week as cavalry. By far the hardest acting I had to do in the movie. It I <laughs> it was so hard what? for me to do that. I don't know why. And I was like, oh, wow. I don't know. I would say that it, you know you're like talking to yourself. It's sort of timing dependent. It's a very specific line. And I remember being like, I'm doing a horrible job. Why did I think I could be an actor? I remember did that a few times, and I was like, well, that's going to be terrible. And then I watch it, and I'm like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's that thing of, like, any time somebody's talking to themselves in a movie, it's usually exposition. Yeah, it's tough. And it's hard. There just used to be a bunch of jibber-jabber about scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking statues. Scorpion sculptures and the, the amount This is important. It's not going to work without it. And I remember I showed up, and the scorpion sculpture was, like, three feet tall, and I freaked out. And they were like, I need it to be a foot long. I need a foot long scorpion sculpture. Or else the entire movie's not gonna work. No, it's zero feet long. It's perfect. Drop that rifle! Drop it! 
Not a freaking bowl. You know that. Yeah. I know Vic. You and Tejo. And here's another great scene with Dave and Mira. And this was very tough. I remember Dave and I had done our portion of it, and we were soaking wet because, you know, Mike insisted that it would be the most <laughs> water that has ever been on a human being. And I remember wrapping it like 3.30 and seeing Mira come in to shoot, and she'd been on set since 8 p.m., and I remember feeling so bad for her. I was like, you have no idea what you're about to go through. But she had such a great attitude about it. She was like, yeah, this is what it is. You wait, and then when you get a chance to work, you go work, and the scene's great. But I remember being able to go home and feeling so sorry for her. Whole drops are set up? No, drops happening tonight and next week, now that the feds aren't up our ass. This body thing was a big conversation, wasn't it? We shot it a bunch of different ways. Yeah, this idea that they moved, nobody really cares, but there was a lot of discussion about... <laughs> we about, really cared. Uh, we really cared. Well, some people really cared that they've taken the bodies from the vets, but I don't think anybody notices that it's the same bodies from the vets uh, to stage the death sequence. But if you get into the minutia of forensics and stuff, you could tell they weren't killed there. Anyways, again, people love movies. <laughs> Now this was a big thing initially when I hit Mira she dies and we were like oh, let's oh yeah make it so that I was like I don't want to I just don't want it to be that he like kills somebody that seems like a crazy thing that would take him a while to get over right at the end of the movie so we have her like moving around haven't you murdered somebody by now oh no you've shot somebody just you in the life that's the only person I ever actually physically hurt in the movie is well, other than Dave. We're a team, buddy. Make it your turn. Very funny. I'm not letting Tejo get away, not again. I'm driving and we're going where I say we go. Stu, turn around! Back up! Stu, turn around! Great shot. Yeah. And now it stops raining magically. That's it. That's the end of the rain gate. You know what? Thank you to Fox for licensing this track that was in the script from the start. And I think makes the whole sequence. I mean, this stuff is so interesting to shoot because you're in a car that's essentially quiet, screaming at each other, and it feels... It's interesting because so much of acting has to be about feeling natural and being in the moment, and then this, you really, really have to do something that kind of feels unnatural right then. And how we shot this is that we have a pod car, so we have a version of the Leaf with a driver on top of the actual car in like a Snoopy sort of rig who controls the steering and the gas and the brakes. So we were able to put Kamel and Dave in there and shoot in the actual location and not rely on green screen. And it works so well. It's so fast to reset. It really added a ton to it. So all that stuff is actually driving. That's not in a process trailer. That's the actual car on the street. I got an idea. I'm going to throw this propane tank at them. You shoot it and blow up their car. This isn't freaking Jaws. Exactly. Just like Jaws, it's going to work. Ready? <laughs> That's a green screen shot. I think this is the biggest reaction in the movie. <laughs> My God. It goes through his face. You know, obviously it's CG. Later when I saw you, I was like, how's that? And you were like, oh, it's great. It goes through his face. I was like, it seems so violent. It's not CG Mike. at all. 
It's not CG at all. The only CG element of it is the propane bouncing on the roof. But the rest of that is all practical, except for a little bit of the initial explosion. But we built the prosthetic head and pulled the thing through the windshield into the head. I had no idea. It's about as practical as you can make it. Now, this was a big thing. We're running out of battery, and you did, like, all the math to make sure that, like, they're going from here to here to here to here. This is how long a battery in a leaf lasts. Wanted to make sure that that made sense, that it was running out around the right time. And just thank you to Nissan for letting us use your leaf. Yeah, thank you, Nissan. And all the propane that's in the car. You got an electric car that doesn't use gas? Everybody who buys an electric car has a car that doesn't use gas. That's what an electric car is. Well, that shit attitude's not gonna help us out of this situation. No attitude will help. <gasps> oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no! All right, I'm taking out his tires. Shit, that never works. So now this shot right there. Snow cone. Us going up. So, so there was this huge rotisserie rig that you guys had made. And the safety meeting for that thing was so long that I was like, how important is this shot to get, Mike? Because they were like, you know, if you walk by this chain, it's going to rip your arm off and then go to your house and kill your family. It was so intense. And you were like, it's important. We got to get it. And it's in the movie for half a second. Lord of Alts on this little exchange here, too. Him not trying to... Him trying to... <laughs> Understand, but not get what an electric car is. Eco's so good as the villain. The snow globe was a runner too, remember? We had the whole conversation with the guy about the Alaskan snow globe. Yes! <laughs> we also wanted it to be like a little image of like a big bear and a little bear like you and Dave. From yeah, and we Who wanted cares? it's hot, so it should be like snowing. This is a brewery in Atlanta who were awesome to let us shoot in here. And we just had to buy a thousand or two thousand bottles of hot sauce and put it in the uh, thing. <laughs> this is a great Tripper Clancy joke. I love this joke. And it's become a, a cornerstone of the marketing. Yeah. This is very funny. <laughs> No, 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 we're the good guys. He's a cop. I'm with Uber. Come on, come on. Get down, get down. Get down. Are we going to talk about the logic of why they don't just fucking run out the door? I hadn't thought of that until just now. Because it's hard, man. They're hiding. You know, your, your brain's not working straight. I love that they we crash the van and then half of them run back into the building. <laughs> <laughs> All the bad guys in there now. Uh, you don't want to overthink things. <laughs> I like this little thing because, you know, people have sort of been racist to my character and then he sort of turns around and is racist to them where he's talking to them really slowly and explaining Uber and she's like, yeah, dude, we know what Uber is. I like that little moment. Uber, right This one right here. Yeah, dude, we know what Uber is. What are you doing? Uber us out of here the inside, of course, is shot three weeks later on our stage. These extras got a lot of days. We held them for like weeks. How did they have 4.8 stars? 
this is a scene that we kept kicking. It was always going to be the end of a day, and we could just never get to it. We just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. I think it was like three or four or five times where... No, this is all practical. I love this uh, little ADR joke here. Who parked a boat here? <laughs> the boat is named J.D. May after my wife. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's my it's your nickname. And you had a van run into it at full speed? What's that about? <laughs> you sound just like her. <laughs> wait, wait. Now, I remember this scene, shooting this scene, it was like week two or three or something, and this was the first time that there was a lot of improv. This, like, talking about how badass Tariq is, the Uber driver pretending he's... And that's Dave's idea, was to be like, this guy has nothing to do with it, to set that up a bit more. It's a great idea. It's really, really sweet. Yeah, it's, it's good. This scene, there was a lot of improv. This, all this stuff. Top of his class at Quantico. He's dark ops. NCIS Los Angeles as well. <laughs> Tariq, don't shoot him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't, shoot. don't do it. Don't. You assholes call multiple Ubers at the same time? Now, you know that was going to be RZA at one point. Those are all NASCAR drivers? Yeah. Just so you know. Those are all NASCAR drivers, and Tariq was going to be RZA. He's not a NASCAR driver. RZA's not a NASCAR driver, and that guy's not a NASCAR driver, but he couldn't make the dates work. He really wanted to do it, I guess. Dave's buddies with him. Watch out for your fists! Now, this was another little point of contention here where I really didn't want Stu to try to fire the gun. Like, in the air is okay, but I didn't want to point at him and shoot. But then you were like, well, then, but then the gun has bullets in it, and you just give him a loaded gun. Why doesn't he try to use it? So we did it both ways. We did it with me, like, not trying to shoot and just throwing the gun at him. And we also did trying to shoot, and it's jammed. No, obviously that's the one we went with. Yeah, we had a whole other runner that he was anti-gun, which kind of got lost too, which would have built into your version of it a bit more. But I think by the end, you want to make sure you're not giving him a loaded gun. He would just John Wick him in the head. <laughs> that I remember was one of the first scenes. Like while we were shooting, you cut together a portion of that scene and showed it to the crew at lunch. And that played really well, The getting hit in the head with the gun. I wasn't sure how that was going to... Play. I really like the idea of it, but sometimes you, you never know what goofy physical shit you can get away with. Yes! Yeah, come on, get up, get up! Watch out, watch out! Let him go, let him go! People have a really hard time in this movie holding on to their guns, just by the way. Well, I mean, you know, not to be whatever, but Eco could beat up any of us, me, Dave, or Natalie. He could get a gun from me very easily. This is a payoff to earlier when I asked him if he can jump in front of a bullet. I will kill you if you touch my daughter! A lot of spittle. A lot of spittle. I mean, Dave was amazing in this scene. That little shot, you flew Natalie back weeks later to just get this little shot. Because we'd lost daylight. Or lost dusk. Yeah. When we were actually shooting, so she went home and then flew back to Atlanta from L.A. Come on, Ted. On your stomach! On your stomach! Roll over! Roll over! 
On your stomach! Now! Hands to your side! I got shot. I got shot right where the blood is coming from. So just so you know, there's still a lot of propane in this leaf. There's so much propane left. And that shot was shot a couple of weeks later, too. We got to get more coverage of you guys. I really did not think that me getting so upset at the car exploding was going to work. I thought it was funny. I really didn't think it would work in the movie, but it's like one of my favorite moments now. And we had a whole, like the least thing, we sort of gilded the lily too much on a lot and cut that back a lot. Yeah. You talked about how much of a lease it was. I look like I've been up all night. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It's okay. No, it's not. I'm gonna be better. Okay, I promise. We'll both be better. How about that? Thank you for taking care of him. I didn't want to. Now, this is a fantastic scene from all three of you guys. But out of all the times that he gets beat up and everything that Dave does in this movie, which is a ton, this is by far the proudest I was of him, of getting there on this moment. And it was so easy for him, too. I mean, it was like, take two, take three, done, moving on. And we're good. Yeah. Because it really, you know, it's a movie where we talk about how, like, it's good for men to cry all this stuff. So you really need him to go there at the end of this movie. He was not nervous about it. He just, like, nailed it. Yeah. I like the scene because it's funny and it's got a lot of, like relationship stuff in it, a lot of character stuff. It's very emotional, but it's also funny. Like, there's, like, jokes all through the scene. Five stars. Thank you. Uh, so I did... And it's hard for a movie to buy two, like, sort of coda scenes, you know? This one and the, the next one. I really like them both because they are... This one's very, very emotional and funny, but the next one's just so funny, I think. I love this moment. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. I remember one of the first cuts I saw, the editor cut away from this moment, and I just about killed him. I mean, that's... <laughs> what are you talking about? I was just like, what? Why, why would you do this? Shout out to Schwartz. He did a great job, but... There was a moment where I might have thrown a few things. I remember, like, hugging Dave. I obviously can't see his face, but I could just, like, feel this mountain shaking. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And then he yells, cut, and he pulls back, and it's just tears streaming down his face. Like, no trickery, just Dave going there. Great alts from Betty there that we couldn't make it in. Let's do this for our mothers, and also fuck our mothers. That was my favorite one, but for whatever reason, some people didn't like it. We really wanted to give Becca a victory at the end, too, that she's come out on top after all this stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, this is a Christmas movie. I would say this is my uh, 
Second favorite Christmas action movie after Die Hard? Yeah, Lethal Weapon, I would say. I put it third after Lethal Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so now this, we shot two different versions of this scene. There's one that's the funny one, and then we shot a sincere one where he gives me the knife, right? Yeah, he gives you the knife, and he's like, I don't need this anymore, which is exactly like the bullet sequence you brought up to me. And shout out to Nick Thomas, our executive producer, who, who sort of was the brainchild behind this simpler... Ending. Yeah, this is your night in the desert. This is your night in the desert. And then this used to be a Kenny Rogers reef. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, I I forgot about all the other worst <laughs> versions of the movie. <laughs> Triple Clancy. Check your babies. Amazing. There we go. Cool scene in daily. Snacks, your magic. I mean, there's your buddy Bobby Shore. Well, that's it for... Uh, Stuber commentary. I like this movie, Mike. I like it, too. I'm very happy. We had a lot of fun making it, and I think that shows in the film. Not a lot of assholes on set, and I think it all sort of, like, everybody was sort of in it to win it. It was fun, but it was also, like, hard work. Like, everybody sort of came ready to, like, do it. You know, everybody was, like, a total pro and wanted to be good and had a blast. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. Let's do uh, ten of them. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Take care.